all you have. You are now tuned in to Hawkins Ways. We just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's up, Star Wars world? How are you doing today? I hope all is well. We are getting closer to the end of this book, and it is getting so good. But before we get started on this chapter, I got some bad news. Last week, Disney announced that they will be pushing back some of the movie dates because of the state of the world, which means the next Star Wars movie will be coming out later than expected. Some previously revealed dates for up-and-coming movies have been pushed back by a year, which makes me very sad. Now, the next movie in the franchise isn't set to come out until December of 2023. That means it will be a whole four years since The Rise of Skywalker was released, making for a very long wait. Now they have updated their complete calendar. So the first movie, which is still untitled, was previously coming out December 16, 2022, but now will hit the theater December 22nd, 2023. The second movie will come out December 19, 2025. It was supposed to be released on December 20th, 2024. And the last movie that was going to be released on December 18th, 2026 has been pushed back to December 17th, 2027. These dates were initially announced back in May 2019. That was a much different time in the world in general. But as far as the future of Star Wars goes, there's very little that has been revealed. We do know that the franchise will be straying away from the Skywalker saga. We also know that Takiya Watehi, I can never say his name correct, who directed the season final of The Mandalorian as well as Thor Ragnarok, is contracted to write and co-direct one of the new Star Wars movies. But the details are being kept on lockdown, which is classic Lucasfilms. Don't tell the fans anything. Now, this is all depending on how the world turns. If the coronavirus continues to run rapid on mankind, this could change. But as far as right now, these are the dates that we have to look forward to. And I don't know about you, but three years seems like a lifetime to me. But we always have The Mandalorian and the clock is ticking on the first episode of season two. Plus, there is some books that I am reading and listening to right now to tie me over. And we hope this show helps get you your Star Wars fix, just like we hope that the quotes help you through your week. And this week's quote comes to us from Harvey McKay. And he said, time is free, but it is priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you have lost it, you can never get it back. I thought that this quote had fit with what we had just learned about the release dates. We have three years, maybe longer, to wait for the next movie. But we can't just sit and wait, watching time fly by. There are so many ways to get our Star Wars fix. You have TV shows, animes, books, comics, and of course, podcasts. So find a way to enjoy the wide variety of Star Wars out there. And don't confine yourself to canon or legend. You don't have to try to mingle the two together or compare them. Just enjoy the fact that you are getting some Star Wars because that's what's important. Okay, let's get to the book because we are getting closer to the final chapter and the big giveaway. And I'm so excited. If you don't know about the giveaway, go back to the mid-season roll episode and I explain it all there. Okay, okay, without further ado, chapter 26. Scourge hovered on the edge of sleep. His body was exhausted, but his mind was churning. Unable to still his thoughts and let sleep wash over him, he tossed and turned. Unlike his Jedi companions, he had never learned to sit and meditate in order to draw sustenance from the Force. The dark side was about action and activity, not restful contemplation. But he knew that if he didn't try something, he would have to endure a long and restless night. He propped himself into a sitting position and closed his eyes, trying to open himself up to the Force. Taking slow, deep breaths, he focused on letting his mind open itself to the infinite possibilities swirling through time and space. After several minutes, 
he managed to drift into a state of semi-consciousness. Revan lay motionless on the floor of the Citadel's throne room. Mitra and Scourge lay beside him, their bodies twisted and broken, clinging to the last moments of life. The Emperor approached the trio, regarding them with a cold and casual contempt as he loomed above his fallen adversaries. Scourge tried to stand and flee, but his crippled limbs wouldn't support his weight. All he could do was crawl on his belly like a worm. His efforts drew the attention of the Emperor, who didn't speak, but came over and lowered himself to one knee. He grabbed Scourge by the shoulder and rolled him over, so he was staring up into the twin voids of the Emperor's eyes. As he reached out a hand and placed it on Scourge's forehead, the Sith began to scream. Scourge's eyes popped open as his mind snapped to a fully alert state of consciousness. His heart was pounding, and he could still hear the sound of his own scream ringing in his ears. Glancing around the cave, he realized the scream must have been confined to his mind. Neither Mitra nor Revan had reacted in any way. She was sitting in the same cross-legged pose Revan had often assumed during his time in Nyrus's prison. Revan was kneeling in front of T3M4, hunched forward as he rewatched the hollow bit of his wife and son. Scourge shook his head, trying to push away the remnants of his dream, but the memory stayed with him, and he began to realize that what he had seen was something more than a mere nightmare. The experience lacked the hazy, surreal feel of a dream. It had been too vivid, the details too sharp and precise to be a figment manifested by his subconscious. There was only one possible explanation for what had happened. The Force had given Scourge a vision. Scourge's hands began to tremble slightly as he realized he had witnessed his own destruction at the Emperor's hand. Even worse, the vision made it clear that both Mitra and Revan would suffer the same fate. He had opened himself up to the Force, and it had shown him that their coming mission would end in failure. He glanced over at the Jedi, wondering if he should warn them. Even if he did, would they believe what he said? Could he believe it? His training at the Academy had taught him little about the prophetic abilities of the Force. Was what he had seen inevitable, or was it a fate he could somehow avoid? Maybe his strong connection to the dark side would somehow color his visions, distorting them so they showed the worst of all possible futures. The simplest course would be to tell Revan what he had seen and hear his opinion of it. But Scourge knew his allies' trust in him was already fragile. If he admitted he thought their mission was doomed, it could convince them he couldn't be trusted. They might even decide it was his presence that caused their failure. After all, he was the one who had seen the vision. Scourge continued to struggle with what he had seen, trying to understand what it meant and what he should do about it. But after several more minutes of silently talking himself in circles, he realized he simply wouldn't find the answers on his own. He pushed himself to his feet and went over to where Revan was sitting. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. 
T3 paused the playback of the hollow bit as he approached, but left the still image of Revan's wife and son hovering in the air. May I speak with you? Scourge asked, taking a seat beside the Jedi without waiting for a reply. You may, Revan said, not bothering to tear his gaze away from the projection of his family. I want to know more about the Force, Scourge said. I want to understand it as you do. Revan turned to give him a quizzical look. You want to know this now? This might be our last chance, Scourge said. I've been thinking about something you said to me the last time we spoke in your cell. What is that? You knew Mitra was coming to rescue you because the Force had given you a vision. Revan smiled. Actually, I was bluffing. I was trying to trick you. I was hoping you might dream of me escaping and think the Force was guiding you to help me. Is that how it happens? Scourge asked, slightly miffed at Revan's confession. They come to you in your dreams. No. A Force vision is more powerful than any dream. There's an intensity that jumps out at you, and the details do not fade. But I figured you wouldn't know the difference. I do now, Scourge thought. I won't apologize for lying to you, Revan said, mistaking the reason for his companion's silence. And if it makes you feel any better, I actually did have a vision of Mitra after we spoke. That seems a highly unlikely coincidence, Scourge noted. That is the way of the Force, Revan said. Cause and effect are not a simple linear relationship. The Force transcends space and time. It flows through us and around us. It influences our past, present, and future. Maybe I spoke to you of visions because I knew the Force was trying to reach out to me. Or maybe Mitra came to Drummond Koss because I told you someone was coming to rescue me. But she started looking for you long before we had our conversation, Scourge protested. It's complicated, Revan answered with a cryptic smile. Jedi scholars have devoted centuries to understanding the ways of the Force, and we have only scratched the surface. Scourge silently tried to digest what he was being told. At the same time, he tried to form the questions that would give him the answers he wanted without revealing what he had seen. Once you had the vision of Mitra, were you certain she was coming? Did you know for sure that she would help free you? Revan shook his head. We can never be certain about anything. The future is always in motion, and a vision shows you only one of many possible outcomes. Then what purpose do visions serve? They guide us, Revan explained. They give us focus. They show us a goal to strive for, or something we can work to prevent. So the visions are not absolute? As I said, the future is always in motion. There was another long period of silence before Scourge asked another question. Have you had any visions of what will happen when we face the Emperor? No, Revan said. The dark side obscures my sight. We are walking into a time and place of shadows, and I cannot promise you that we will ever come out. Doesn't that terrify you? Fear is only an emotion, a trick the mind plays on us. You must learn to set your fear aside. 
We Sith are taught to embrace our fear, Scourge told him. We transform it into anger and use it to fuel the power of the dark side. But then your actions will always be driven by that fear, Revan said. What are your actions driven by? Scourge asked. Logic? Reason? No, Revan admitted. If I were reasonable, I would never have left my family behind to face the Emperor. Then why did you do it? Okay, here comes clue number four. It's true. The Force, the Jedi. All of it. It's all true. Revan nodded in the direction of the hollow projection. For them, I want my son to live a long and healthy life. I want him to know peace, not war. I've come to stop the Emperor for him. And what if we don't stop him? Scourge said, treading perilously close to the heart of what he really wanted to say. What if he's too strong? That is a possibility, Revan admitted. But even if we fail to defeat the Emperor, there is still hope. My return will give him pause. He will wonder how I threw off the chains of his will. He will wonder why I have returned, and how much the Republic now knows of his plan. He will even wonder about Malak. For all the Emperor knows, Malak is still out there, plotting to take the Emperor down if I fail. You're just trying to buy time, Scourge gasped. You don't care if the Emperor kills us all. You just want to delay him. No, Revan said. I want to live. Even more, I want to purge the galaxy of his evil once and for all. But I understand that there can be victory even in defeat. Even if we fall, we will buy time. Maybe a few years, more likely a few decades. Time for your son to become a man, Scourge noted bitterly. Are you hoping he will finish what you might not? Him or someone else, Revan admitted. The Force always strives for balance. The Emperor is an agent of darkness and destruction. It is inevitable that a champion of the Light will one day rise to oppose him. I may be that champion. He spoke with no hint of hubris. I have played the role before. At the very least, I will make the Emperor step back and reconsider his plan. If that is my fate, if my role is to sacrifice myself for the one who will come next, then I embrace it. Scourge shook his head. I'm beginning to think you are as mad as the Emperor. I have no intention of dying tomorrow. Neither do I. But if death comes, I will face it without fear. You will find our task easier if you can convince yourself to do the same, he said, before turning his attention back to the hollow projection. Start over from the beginning, Revan told T3 and the astromech obediently restarted the recording. Scourge got to his feet and walked back to the section of the cave he had been sitting in earlier. He briefly considered talking to Mitra, then realized that would be a waste of time. She would only echo what Revan had said. The Sith sat down and crossed his legs again, closing his eyes. But he wasn't able to clear his mind this time. Instead, he kept running over Revan's words playing them against the enduring images of his vision, trying to understand what it all meant.
This chapter starts off with Scourge trying to get some rest, but he just can't fall asleep. His mind just won't stop turning. Betty wishes he had that Deep Sleep Sound podcast. I know it helps me fall asleep every night. But anyway, he has never learned how to meditate on the Force. It has never been taught to him, and he's never had any reason to learn about it. He states that the dark side is about action, but today, he's going to give it a try. He sets up, and I guess he tries to get into a meditation position that had to be funny. Looking at Scourge with his legs crossed, palms facing up, and eyes closed, I wish they had a picture of this online somewhere. But as he lets the Force in, he starts to have a vision. He Revan and Mitra lying on the floor of the throne room. They are beaten and battered, defeated by the Emperor. Then he sees the Emperor walking towards him with a look of enjoyment on his face. Scourge tries to get up and run, but his body is too messed up. So all he could do is try to crawl away. Then the Emperor reaches down, rolls him in on his back, then places a hand down on Scourge's head. This is when Scourge screams and he wakes up. He looks around to see if anybody else had heard the scream. He realizes it was just part of the dream. As he thinks back on the nightmare, he starts to realize that it was no nightmare. It was a vision. He contemplates what the forces showed him. Then he thinks what he should do. Was there something that he could do to change the outcome of the vision? I think he is overthinking the whole vision thing. I would have loved to see the look on his face when he woke up. That would have made for a thousand memes. After a few moments, he gets up and he goes to a part of the cave where Revan is at. Revan is watching the hollow vid of Basilea and his son. As Scourge approaches, T3 pauses the video. He doesn't shut it off this time, he just lets it linger there. Scourge asks Revan if he may speak with him. Before Revan can even answer, Scourge just sits down. He sounds like one of my kids. Dad, can we talk? And then they just sit down. I didn't say yes. I might have been busy. But they just sat down anyway. Just disrespectful. Revan should have force pushed his butt across the room. That would have been hilarious. But Revan says yes. Then Scourge asks Revan to teach him more about the force. Revan is like, right now? Can't we talk about this another time? Scourge brings up a very good point and says, they all might die tomorrow. Revan is like, well, yeah, you're right. Then he asked them what he would like to know. Scourge asked about visions and what they mean. He asked Revan about knowing that Mitra was coming to rescue him because he had had a vision. Something that Revan had told them in the last meeting at Nyrus's. Revan admits to Scourge that he was lying. He told Scourge that he was hoping that he would have a dream about Jedi's rescuing him and help him escape. Scourge asked Revan, is that how visions work? They come to you in a dream. Revan tells him that they are way more powerful than a dream. They don't fade like a dream does. Is it just me or does it sound like they might be talking about some shrooms or something? Anyway, Revan goes on to explain more about the Force and Visions. Then Scourge asks if Revan had had a vision about their up-and-coming battle with the Emperor. Revan tells him that the dark side of the Force had clouded his vision and they were walking into a point in time of shadows. Scourge asks Revan if he was scared of not knowing what would happen. Revan tries to explain that fear is only an emotion that the mind uses to trick them. Scourge tells Revan that the Sith are trained to embrace their fear, convert it into rage, and use it to power the dark side. Revan tells him that fear will always influence his actions. Then Scourge asks him what persuades his actions. Logic? Reason? Revan tells him if he was reasonable, he would have never left his family. Scourge asks him why then. Revan tells Scourge that he wants his son to grow up in a time of peace, without war and conflict. Scourge is like, you don't even care if we get killed. Revan tells him that he doesn't want to die, but if he does, so be it. If it will cause the Emperor to take a step back and second guess his plan and give the next person a chance to come in and wipe him out, then he will die proudly. Revan explains the whole theory to Scourge. The last point that Revan tells Scourge, he needs to look at the bigger picture and lose the fear. It will make their task a lot easier for Scourge to deal with. Then he goes back to watching his video. Then Scourge gets up and looks at Mitra, considering going over and talking to her about it. Then thinks twice because he knows he will hear the same thing 
came from her. He sets back down on his side of the cave and tries to connect with the force. But all he could do is think about the vision and what Revan had said in their conversation, trying to find a way that they might intertwine. And that's where we are at as we finish this chapter. You have to tune in to chapter 27 to find out what happens next. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.